You tuned in to the Policy Talks podcast by Bharti Institute of Public Policy from the Indian School of Business. We hope to understand the personalities behind policies and demystify the complex policy making labyrinth. Every Tuesday, we speak to seasoned stalwarts and promising young legislative fellows who have made indelible marks in shaping the Indian policy landscape. So welcome to the uh, first ever public policy series that we are starting now. I'm delighted actually to have uh, Ms. Manjari Jarwar. She's retired as the Special Director General of the Central Industrial Security Force, CISF. She's the first five women IPS officer and first uh, women IPS officer from the state cadre of Bihar. And uh, most recently, she's uh, famous for her book, uh, uh, Madam Sir, uh, which has been a best-selling book by Penguin. And I'm really uh, delighted first to read the book uh, with so much of interest, the, her personal journey to become uh, an IPS officer and retain the positions that she has been. Second is also about uh, her uh, you know, transformational change that she's bringing about to people around her. And that's something that is amazing. And welcome, ma'am, to the, um, to the series that we are starting now. And very happy that you're the first personality that we are interviewing here. Uh, so very thankful to you. I know that you are presently now advisor to the Tata Consultancy Services. You have also received uh, the Government of India's Police Medal Award for Military Service and President's uh, Police Medal for Distinguished Service. So thank you so much again. Let me start the uh, conversation with uh, understanding the background in which you started to write this book and uh, what motivated you because you were so engrossed in service for all these years, 35 years plus. How did this whole idea came about? And uh, Thank you. Thank you, Anjal, for having me on this show. I'm delighted that you decided to start your series with me. I hope I'm able to reach the goals which you have set out in this, this series of podcasts. I thought of writing this book uh, many years after my retirement. I retired in 2010 and uh, I never ever thought that I should write any memoirs. But my brother went after me, which I have also written in the book. He kept on insisting that I should record uh, my memoirs because he felt that this will impact uh, and encourage a lot of women to aspire for higher things in life. And then the chorus of write a book, write a book also went along with my sons. They also started saying that uh, you have done so much in life and achieved a lot. Why don't you record for the rest of the family and also for friends? And I never thought that the book will have such a wide audience. It has been a pleasant surprise, but I started in a very small way because my brother wanted me to write and my children wanted me to record my uh, career. So that is why I recorded. That was the inspiration, as you would think. But uh, once the book has been published, it's gone beyond my expectations. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's an interesting point because um, one is that you have lived in these experiences. But I also found that this is a very honest account. When you see, when you read the book, uh, you actually see the honesty, you know, in each and every incidences that you have made it. Uh, so 
this part is something, you know, most of the time the memoir also are sometimes politically loaded or ideologically loaded. But you had put the incidences, events without much of a political bias or otherwise the biases. So the sense of right and wrong is so clear for me when I read the book. Where did you get this? You know, this is and this is also very interestingly coming from your services, from the record that you have. How did you get it? How early was it for you to understand that this what is right, what is wrong? And how do I put it uh, in, in a very neutral way? That's an interesting question. I think that uh, when I started record writing this book, I started writing this book almost uh, 12 years after my retirement. I retired in 2010 and it's only in 2022 that the book has been published. And after my retirement, I thought that whatever notes I had, whatever inquiry reports I had done or whatever paperwork I had, I had uh, sort of destroyed everything. But I felt that what is the need for carrying boxes and boxes of your police files and uh, there will no be any need. And I never ever thought that, that I will write. So I disposed of everything. So many people have asked me that how is this an honest book? It's honest because whatever I have written, I've written whatever impacted me on my memory. Mm. So when I record from memory, I have recorded whatever I have felt very strongly, very passionately about. So there is uh, no writing things which are irrelevant or trying to embellish the incidents by making addition or subtraction. It is as the incident took place. And the sense of right and wrong, I think it was... Uh, ingrained in my character very early in my career when I was living with my grandparents. You know, I think they went out of their way to make sure that they were bringing me up in the right manner so that everything was correct with me. So there was a lot of pressure when I was growing up that I should do everything in the right way. I should not behave unlike a lady should behave or unlike a girl should behave. So the clothes should be proper. My behavior should be proper. The way I talk should be proper. So uh, that, I think, also came with a sense of doing the right thing and avoiding to do the wrong things. So that uh, in, was ingrained as a child. So when I grew up, I carried that same uh, feelings ahead, doing only what was I considered was right and what was wrong. And I think it stood me in great stead because the kind of job by which, which I started doing, the sense of right, wrong, moral values was very important and it gave me, gave me good dividends, I think. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, in and I'm just taking slightly backward in terms of in your growing up years. And you write, uh, you know, with a good uh, amount of time that you spent with your grandparents, especially the nanas and the nani uh, that you have grown up with. And we know that your father um, is also a literary person, has been into writing. Yeah. But I didn't see much of an account. I just actually was slightly curious to know a little bit about your father and his personality, his background, and your mother's a little bit about your father and mother. My father, in my growing up years, was really not uh, very interested in our upbringing or involved with our upbringing. It was my mother who was very particular about the kind of education we should have. She insisted that we should go to a convent education because in those days that was valued a lot, English education. So she was always very concerned that we, are, we were three sisters. So uh, the emphasis was on our upbringing and uh, making sure that we had all, as you would say today, ladylike qualities. So that kind of grooming was there. My father was very much involved with the politics of the time. 
he was very much involved with the village from where we came and the politics of the village or uh, looking after the village because they had a zamindari as you call of those days so they were very involved so frequently he would go off to the village and to manage the administration or manage things uh, it was a very politically oriented family so there were people fight, uh, contesting elections etc so my father would go for that my mother would also go leaving me with my grandparents but that was the background it is only later on in life it was my father who would take all the major decisions in the family it was not that uh, my mother who came from a very different background of uh, being properly educated and all but she never had she was accepted the decisions which her husband took and uh, all decisions uh, about us was taken by my mother but major decisions about where we should go to study after finishing school or what should happen about our marriage and where the marriage proposals will be taken all those decisions were taken by my father so he had a presence in our life but not in our early life okay and a little bit about your parental grandmothers and father grandmother and father right. yeah your dada and dadi yeah. where were they my grandmother died when i was only 3 years old i'm told mm. so i have no memory of her a very faint memory that she was there but my grandfather used to stay with us and uh, he was a towering literally figure but at that time we did not know that he was so well known and uh, frequently he would be going to give lectures in the university and all and we would hear that he spoke uh, for hours and how the crowd was clapping all the time and uh, his lectures have been well received etc but we never heard any of his lectures similarly in the house there will be there were students coming all the time in the evening he would be sitting in the veranda and giving uh, talks and if he went for a walk students would be following him to hear what he would had to say but uh, as girls we were never involved in that part of his um, life we only saw him as a grandfather who was uh, old and he was staying there later on when i read his books and we were not encouraged to read his books when we were children was he a teacher or uh, no he was not a teacher when i am seeing him is already plus 70 and that is the time when his creative work was at its peak and uh, he was uh, mostly going to universities and all and was constantly getting invited for lecture sessions etc so uh, my grandfather i have seen him like that later on when i read his book he was also a very uh, saint like figure who was not involved with day to day working management of the house or anything but when i read his books i realized that the description of a of a party or the description of the emotions of a woman or the uh, description of relationship between a man and a woman how well he understood and how well he had depicted and the way he his language was so rich so it was uh, really an enlightenment for us to read his books well, that's very nice to know so we'll slowly get into uh, the uh, you know your growing up year from the growing up years to uh, when you were young and you know you were trying to get admission in the colleges and those things is already documented the point that i want to make here is the transition uh, that you uh, you know had from the broken marriage to the 
you know selection of being a ips officer uh, this just give us a little glimpse of what was going behind you i mean you broke uh, some of those glass ceilings and you came out and uh, we see what it is uh, you know so what was going internally because it must be a turmoil it must be difficult time and lack support for and that time we are talking about 70s right it's yes. 2022 how was it uh, internally for you what was it so when uh, my marriage did not work out and i finally came home it was not my decision at that time to break from everything i felt that okay i have been married it is a bad marriage but it is my duty to make that marriage work so i tried very hard to do things which would help to make the marriage work but when i was finally returned from moscow because uh, they um, were not ready to accept uh, anything and i felt that perhaps uh, things are not going to work out at all my making an effort was like doing something on deaf ears so when i came back i was still a little confused but one thing i was uh, confused about what steps will happen when, about my marriage but i decided that i should now take charge of my life i have written that i've used the word charge of of my life i decided that i have uh, too often allowed other people to decide what i should do and what i should not do and uh, one being my father uh, i wanted to go and study in delhi he didn't allow me to go he insisted i didn't want to study english literature but he insisted that i should study english literature because it was only in a all girls college he didn't want me to go to a college where there were men so these were very harsh decisions so i was doing things only just to go along with the family tradition of listening to your parents and listening especially to your father so now there was a kind of a rebellion inside me that things are not working so i will not now allow this to happen and i took a bold decision which i look back i don't know what was the strength that came to me but uh, i decided i'll take the civil services exams and thereafter once i had taken this exam and initially my parents were very apprehensive about uh, leaving me alone in delhi for studying but when they realized that i was so determined and i don't want to return to bihar and i thought that if i return to bihar it will be again that oh this is what has happened to her why it had happened and the same conversation will start and i wanted to have a clean break so i stayed on in delhi and i really worked hard to take the civil services yeah that's uh, and then rest is history because we know the account has been very accurately and beautifully put in in the book and i encourage all my uh, listeners and the readers uh, listeners viewers to please buy a book if you have not read it it's a very interesting account it's moving account in fact i cried 3 4 times as i was reading uh, i have controlled my emotions in the class yesterday and in today also because it doesn't look very good uh, in, uh, to burst out but it's i think the because the account is so honest that you actually get involved with the with the character in the book and uh, because it's a living character that we know is not a fictional it Thank becomes you. very emotional at some point that was an interesting conversation vanjri ji before you joined the services In the next episode we'll be looking at what happened to her after she joined the services and the fabulous journey that she lived in. Mm-hmm.